Hello, and welcome to Veins of Gold, Finding God's Treasure in a Dirt-Covered World. This is a podcast from Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. Now, let's join Pastor Ryan Christopher as he digs into this week's program. Well, hello, everybody. I am excited about today. As I say every single week, I'm really excited every morning that I wake up. I mean, in all honesty, and I don't mean that, you know, uh, facetiously, I don't mean it just to say it. I mean, I, when I wake up, I'm, I'm ready for my feet. In fact, sometimes my feet are already on the floor. It's like, oh, my goodness, I got one leg just hanging off, ready to go, put my shoe on and go. Uh, but then I realized there are other clothes to put on. So I have to do that, have to put them on and then and, and rock and roll. But I'm excited about today. Uh, just yesterday was able to celebrate Memorial Day uh, with my family. Uh, and I'm going to tell you something, folks, it is it is something else when you when you have an opportunity to go. And I, and I hope all of you have had an opportunity to do this, but you ever had an opportunity to go somewhere else? And I love some of the places that we visit, but even some of the best nations and, you know, around the world have some awful places you can visit to help out people and to build and, and, and all of those things. People can go to uh, Jamaica and have some beautiful beaches and have a great time, but there's just an awful lot that needs to be done as far as missions are concerned in, in areas like going to Africa. Uh, there are some beautiful places you can go there. There are, there are beautiful places you can go there, but then there are places that certainly need mission work. In the United States of America, there are places that need mission work. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you, even in our worst places, within within you know a small, a short time driving distance, you can be uh, at a convenience store and walk inside and grab. And I'm not trying to be funny. I, I'm, I'm telling you, the truth. can walk inside and grab something to eat or something to drink. Uh, and walk out of there. I can't tell you all these places. I've been all over the world. I cannot tell you when I how happy I am when I get back to the United States of America. No matter how good that country is, there's just something about coming back to the United States. And that you know, for the, anybody who may be listening, uh, you know, overseas, uh, it's not to it's not to downplay. Uh, just how wonderful your nation is. I'm sure you feel the same way about yours. But I'm going to tell you here. Here, there are reasons, and we're going to talk about those today uh, as best we can and uh, and try to keep up with the time as, as well. Um, but we're going to talk about those and, and, and uh, all the reasons why I love America, or at least, uh, you know, seven or eight reasons I love America. I could go on and on, write a book on why I love this country. Uh, some, some people will say, well, Ryan, listen, uh, we're going through an awful lot. There's not been a time in America where we're not going through a lot. It just hasn't, you know, even with COVID or anything else like that, folks, listen to me. Um, there have always been coronaviruses out there and there have always been sicknesses and we're always trying to avoid them. And it's always it, it's tough. It's just it, it's tough. There's been wars and and it, there have been wars and there have been uh, there have been you know tough times economically with depressions and recessions and uh, certainly we're polarized politically and, and we have to have the differing views. We have to, so that we can have debate and we can, and we can do this, uh, you know, peaceably, uh, which is an amazing, amazing miracle across the world that the United States can be as polarized as it is. And for the most part, we're not going around killing one another. Sure. We got some language we're putting out there, but you know what? That's a, that's a right that we have, but we're not uh we're not out there just absolutely at war with one another. It is a phenomenon. It is it is it is amazing that we have every 
race in the world here. We have every religion in the world here. We have all those things. Um, you know, certainly as Christians, we we want them to be born again. But the fact that we can all all these religions can be here and peacefully is an absolute miracle. Don't ever ever forget that. Whatever you do, don't forget that. Don't forget that it is a miracle that we're able to do this, that we're able to, you know, all races and religions go to a sporting event. You know, I've missed sports. I have absolutely missed it so much. Uh, you know, organized sports and such. I mean, I even watched, uh, you know, the other day I watched the golf event. I don't watch golf. I know many of you do because you love golf so much and I'm not, I'm not making fun of you, but I'm making fun of myself. You know, I even watched golf Sunday, you know, when uh, Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning and of course, uh, Phil Nicholson and, uh, and, uh, and who did he play with? Tom Brady. Uh, I try to forget his name, but anyway, uh, but you know, they were playing and such. And other than, you know, some foul language, it was, it was pretty, uh, it was pretty entertaining, I suppose. Uh, but I just, I can't walk, I can't watch golf very long, but it was the, it was live and it was sports. So I was excited, but think about this. We're able to go to a sporting event and sit 50,000 at a time, sometimes almost a hundred thousand at a time when you get in the football stadiums and such, we're able to sit together, different religions, different races, uh, you know, different ideas, different uh, political backgrounds, and we're able to do that without tearing each other apart. Now, there might be a fist, you know, fist fight or two because somebody's drank too much and uh, and loves their team a little much. But you know what? That's going to happen. I mean, I just it is what it is. But we're able to do this peacefully. It is an act of God that we have in America, and we ought to be proud and excited that we do. We ought to be. Uh, excited. I thank our veterans. That's what I want to get to. Folks. I want to thank our veterans. Um, but I know Memorial Day specifically, there's a Veterans Day. And of course, we have July 4th, you know, celebrating our independence as a nation. And all of these are, are military type uh, uh, holidays in the sense that we are honoring them and all that they've done for us. But uh, this is for those who gave the ultimate price. You know, they gave the ultimate price. Um, I was telling the church yesterday in the sermon, you know, based on this. I was telling them this. I, I want you to think about something for a second. I, I, I really do. I really do. And I, I don't know. I don't know where my Christian brothers and sisters will stand on what I'm about to say. But I need for you to understand something. We need to get the gospel out more than ever before. I mean, because of you know something I'm a, uh, about to say. I want you to think about the sacrifice men, women, men and women have have made. Um, whether you're a spouse who's lost a loved one to uh, fight for our freedom or you, you know, or that particular person, man or woman, uh, lost their life. Here's, here's what I want to say. Think about this. With the Christian who goes to war for his nation, it is a wonderful and beautiful thing to give your life for freedom and then realize that you're going to be ultimately free in heaven. But I want you to think about those who did not know Jesus. They gave their life for freedom, and then, though they did not make it to heaven, they don't make it to heaven because they fought for their nation or they fought for uh, any particular uh, uh, religious uh, religious thing. Um, they only make it to heaven if they know Jesus. So think of the sacrifice that the unbelieving soldier made because they have no hope for what is called this future. They have no hope for that. They they don't they don't even think about it for the most part. It's it's I'm going to go out and fight for my nation and for freedom. And they go out and do that. And it's heartbreaking to me that they don't know Christ 
um, because not only have they given their life for their nation, but then have to suffer. And I don't, I don't, I, it breaks my heart because I'm so thankful. I am thankful for the believing veteran and I'm thankful for the unbelieving veteran and uh, th- that has given uh, his or her life for the calls of freedom. I, I just thank you so much. Thank you so much. But we live in a nation that is uh, that that um, everybody wants to talk about the bad things. And I do that at times because I think it's necessary that we talk about what's going on in the nation, the moral depravity, those things that are happening there. But, you know, this is a day. Memorial Day is a day to talk about the things that we love about the nation. Uh, I had an opportunity yesterday to eat with my family. And uh, we had a blast. Uh, we, we did. We ate too much gluttony. Indeed. You know, I think I'm, I really do wonder sometimes, though. I mean, I had such fun with the family and ate way too much. I'm hoping that gluttony means you eat too much that you get sick. Um, I did not get to that point. I did get to where I was rounded off at the edges. Um, so, but, but I did not, uh, go so far. So I guess we all get to kind of define what we, uh, what we consider gluttony, but we were able to eat it. Um, I told Amy, I said, look, I said, I was just eating with a young man, uh, who's, uh, who's coming to the church. I ate with him, uh, about two weeks ago and we sat down at a place called country barbecue in LaGrange. And this is not a commercial for them. They're not paying us to do this, but, um, first time I'd ever been there and just absolutely loved it. And I told Amy, I said, look, let's go and get, let's go and get, um, let's go and get some of this meat from there for Memorial Day. We'll make all the sides and the desserts and stuff. The kids can make desserts and stuff and we'll go and get meats from there. And we did, and we ate and we ate and we ate and just enjoyed the very freedom that we were, you know, celebrating. We enjoyed it. We were there. We were able to, you know, um, sit around and laugh and, and talk and all and have, just have a good time. Just have a good time. folks. America. I am so thankful for our veterans. I'm thankful for, um, just like I said in the um, sermon yesterday, I'm thankful for the Bill of Rights. You know, the Constitution didn't have a Bill of Rights at first. It was supposed to be. And the reason for that, the reason for it, listen to me now, the reason for that is it was, you know, these things were considered, you know, uh, self-evident. You know, even back to the Declaration of Independence, these things were it it seemed like this was something that ought to be, you know, uh, evident, evident to everybody. These rights, you know, and all. And they were trying to keep the federal government from, you know, becoming too big. They didn't want it big at all. I mean, it was job was to protect its people, uh, its land, all of those things. And there certainly there were responsibilities that that the you know the federal government had, but they were trying to keep that at a low. They didn't want it ever to become you know tyranny under a king again, and so it was limited. So there was even a debate as to whether or not to add these other rights because they were like, look, these rights are these rights are you know uh, self evident. You know that we we ought not you know we shouldn't need to put the Bill of Rights in there. And they were like, no 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 no. You, the, the reason we have a Bill of Rights is because people are evil. And, you know, if, especially without Jesus, they're certainly evil. They begin to lean toward taking over more and more power. And when they do, they're going to take away what we see as normal rights. So they stick the Bill of Rights in there. Listen to me. This is a freedom of speech. This podcast, I'm hoping one day, you know, listen, you know, somebody will will listen to it and, uh, and say, man, I want to learn more about this Jesus. I want to learn more about this, this or more about that. I'm hoping people learn from this podcast along with other podcasts that are out there for that, you know, they're promoting Christ and Christianity and, and, uh, freedom and, and capitalism and all those good things like that. I, I, you know, certainly Jesus, we want people listening to podcasts that promote those things, but, but folks, listen to me, listen to me. 
freedom of speech? I mean, that, that's in our First Amendment. The fact that we have the ability to uh, to say what we believe. Here's the thing. We're seeing a lot of uh, like, you know, YouTube and we're seeing Facebook and places like that where they're beginning to uh, censor conservative talk. Uh, I know Facebook and I'm trying to figure out what I want to do about this because I have my own little thing on Facebook. But, you know, Facebook, uh, considering the Prager University vi- videos, um, you know, uh, fake news and stuff and and taking those off. And, you know, just my, my thing is this, folks. I don't like everything that I hear, but they have a right to say it. OK. And we do have laws against slander and things like that. I, I get all of that. But here's here's what we here's what we have. We have the ability. I understand that there are people out there who do not have the same faith as I do. All right. Now, of course, there's no way to heaven but Jesus Christ. But those people who have other faiths should have an opportunity to worship the way they want to worship. I'm not going to interfere with you doing that. Now, I may witness to you as a matter of free speech that you have the right to worship however you want to worship. And you you have a right to do that as long as it's not hurting someone as far as as far as physically hurting someone. I, my goodness gracious, folks. I mean, that's what America is. And the freedom of speech, the freedom to do this podcast, the freedom to speak out like this. I hope we always fight for this right. I hope that we do. And look, I may not agree with you politically, but you do have a right to express your views. Why then would you believe it? Uh, you know, uh, you know, a crime almost for me to speak out with conservative views. Listen, if, if if in the arena of debate I lose this thing, then that's one thing. But if you take away the ability for people to hear a side or the other, then you know what's to prevent me from keeping you from telling your view. You know, I should never be in a position where I say I'm going to keep them from expressing themselves. I'm going to I'm going to keep them from doing that. Uh, you know, unless, of course, it's, it's bound under the, you know, the laws that we have there. Um, uh, you know, it, it is it is what it is, guys. We, we've got to be able to speak out. Democrats, Republicans, uh, Muslims, Christians, all of us have to have that ability. And that's why it's put in there. You have you have the freedom of speech, folks, and we have to fight for that. Look, look, we do not keep and I don't know how in the world I'm going to get this in. In 30 minutes, but we're going to do our best. I, I don't know how we expect. One of the things that I told the church yesterday is we've got to be willing to pay a price. Now, listen carefully. We think, oh, man, we want freedom without any friction. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. Freedom without friction doesn't exist, folks. Freedom without friction does not exist. It's non-existent. It is a fairy tale. It is a unicorn. It is not, you're not going to, you are not going to see that. Freedom always takes a little bit of agitation. It always takes a little bit of friction. And that means in order for us to remain free, in order for liberals out there to remain free, they're going to have to, they're going to have to fight for their freedom to speak out. In order for conservatives politically to be able to continue to have free speech, they're going to have to fight for that. If you sit back and try to take this, and I'm not talking about fist fights, I'm talking about in the arena of debate. I hope it never comes to that. I mean, it certainly, according to our founding fathers, most necessarily comes to that at some point where you have to physically keep your rights in your own nation. 
Um, so I know that that's a possibility, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the you know arena of debate. I'm talking about I'm talking about you know debating debating ideas and being able to do that. Don't shut me down unless you want to be shut down. It doesn't make any sense. And so so you know we we, we have to we have to have a little bit of friction uh, to to uh, to keep our freedom. Uh, we have to be willing to pay a little bit of a price. That means getting involved, not sitting back, not getting involved. You know, I, I often go back to a history lesson that I learned in high school about about the you know the Revolutionary War and the fact that you know everybody thinks well you know every man took up arms and you know ran out and began to fight and that's just not true. It was a small percentage of men that decided to do a small percentage of of pastors that decided to to back it. There were plenty of pastors that said no, we ought not do that. We ought not you know go against Britain and we ought not fight against Britain and you know they are who they are and they're. They're, they're head of, but then there were those, this Black Robe Regiment, and I don't have time for that. That'd be another episode altogether, but Black Robe Regiment, who, uh, you know, they, they wore their black robes as they preached, but they, underneath their black robes, they had the, you know, the military uniform uh, to, to fight. I mean, they would, they would call their, they would call their, you know, fellow, you know, the rest, rest of the congregation, they would call them to arms and say, listen, we've got to fight for our freedom. This is, you know, oppression and we can't have this. Uh, you know, and they're just in both sides, certainly um, with the uh, with the ability and the necessity to be able to speak out. Uh, but it was a small percentage. In order for us to keep our freedom, somebody has to fight for it. Somebody has to fight for it. We'd love for that to be our representatives, but many times that's not. Many times it's not our representatives. Many times, many times it, it, it is a number of other things. You know that that you know it's the grassroots efforts to keep our freedom. It's the people out here who are signing the signing the petitions and working very hard to see um, see our freedoms kept. Uh, freedom, you you have to pay a price, and and our veterans many times paid a dear dear price. And look, I'm not for policing the whole world. I'm just not. I'm not that guy. I'm I'm someone with you. Listen, you protect American interest. That's what our military is for. Um, you know, and and certainly I understand there are times when a people group is oppressed, and we're trying to help them and all. Those are those are all debatable and such. But I I'm, I'm still I'm just someone who believes that you know our military. Um, Gets sent to way too many places many times, but uh, I certainly appreciate every every single person who has uh, who has paid the ultimate price or any price really for my freedom because I do not take my freedom for granted. Uh, you know these these veterans were in the in the uh, in the ditches and they were they were getting shot at. Many of them shot in the head. Many of them shot throughout the body and killed. And I'm just so thankful, so so very thankful for them. Uh, you know, I, I'm thankful that I'm free to, I'm free to read. I'm free to study. I'm, I'm free to sing. I'm free to strive. I'm all of those things. And it is certainly because of the sacrifices of so many, uh, you know, I was telling him yesterday, you know, just, just the, just the lyrics to the song, God bless America, you know, God bless America land that I love stand beside her and guide her. Let look there. Don't miss the, don't miss the strength on that. Stand beside her and guide her. That means that we not only are we standing beside and fighting for, but but we have to keep this thing in, in track. And I've often used the analogy of bowling. I'm not a very good bowler, okay, but I do enjoy going, and I enjoy you know flopping that ball through there and sliding it and trying to do something with this, that, or the other, and hoping my fingers don't stay stuck in the ball. And I, I love bowling, but I'm gonna tell you, you know, we actually as a people are the guardrails of the bowling, okay. We're not supposed to just let this ball go off into the gully. Like that's just it's just freestanding. Just let that thing just sink and 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 go. We're supposed to be the guardrails here. 
in the sense that when that bowling ball of, of the economy or bowling ball of morality or any of those things like that begin to go off course, way off course, then it can hit us and kind of bounce right back in, you know, bounce right back in and keep it going down through there. And I, there has to be some guards and such. And that guard is the the citizenry of, of the United States of America. And that we have to, we have to do it. I'm so thankful for our bill of rights. I am the freedom of religion, uh, the freedom to worship, the freedom of speech, you know, even the freedom of the press, if, if they weren't so doggone, but, but, but in freedom of the press, let me say this, let me say this. You know, we have a instead of news anymore, we have a, a lot of opinions, a lot of opinion piece, op eds, if you will, uh, personalities. And most of those personalities are on the left and they, you know, they're going to say what they want to say. They have a right to do it. But we should have a right. Conservatives should have a right without being driven off of the Internet and driven off of uh, television. We ought to have a right to speak out about what it is. We believe I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for our Second Amendment. I'm not going to go through all 10, but I'm thankful for our Second Amendment. I believe uh, I believe every uh, law-abiding citizen should have uh, should should be able to carry a gun if they want to um, to protect themselves. And I know many people who have many of them. And you say, Ryan, well, you know, you don't need this particular gun or that particular gun to hunt. Well, look, that's not why the founders allowed, and that too was a debate. But but um, but you know, um, that's not why they allowed the Second Amendment. Second Amendment is there in case the government tries to infringe upon the First Amendment. Okay, and any other amendment. And I know that sounds so radical. Oh, my gosh. You know, your guns are to fight the government. Well, it just is what it is. OK, because government's going to try to take more and more and more. And uh, in the midst of and I know this is another another podcast, but in the midst of all of this, I want you to know something. I want you to know that uh, we cannot continue to print money. OK, let, let me on that point on that point. Let me say this. I am thankful for capitalism. I'm thankful for capitalism. I'm thankful that I can wake up in the morning and realize that that my children and I can always strive to be something better. And as a result of being something better, that they can be compensated for such. Now, listen, it's you say, well, you're a Christian. You all not care about those things. Listen, I, I, I do. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. You know, when I want to go to the store, it's nice. Look, money is not everything. The love of money will is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of all evil. Let me let me tell you this. Let me tell you this. I enjoy being able to go to the store and buy meat and toilet paper. It has been nice to have the money to do that, whether it's from my wife earning her money or me earning mine or my children earning theirs. I enjoy them being able to have a car that works. I enjoy them. I, I don't have a I don't have a problem with that. I just don't have a problem. The people working for it in capitalism, you have that ability. But let me tell you, let me tell some people who are are really into um, who are really into uh, making sure everyone has something. Okay, the the thing the things coming down the pike are uh, income security and housing security and all that. This was coming down the pipe for the past five or six years, really really strong. And now they have this uh, you know this epidemic to say that they need to do this. Right now in this nation, we are printing trillions of dollars to send out to people. Okay, we're printing trillions of dollars to send out to people. This does not sustain itself. Unemployment is twice what it should be. Okay, they're paying people twice what they would have made had they been in these these jobs that they were in. And they're not going to go back to work as long as they can get twice as much as they were being paid. Okay, they're just not going to do it. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any logical sense. Why would I go back to work and work for half of what I can stay home and make? Um, 
But but this is what I want to tell you. It's not sustainable. And I know, oh, I always hear that. It's not sustainable. Okay, until it happens. Let me tell you a story. Oh, my goodness. I am. I'm running out of time. I still got a few minutes. Let me, let me, let me tell you a story. All right. Here's the story. So there's this this wild pig and it's out out by an oak tree and it is digging up roots and it's tearing into the roots of the oak tree and it's eating acorns. It's just, man, it's just rolling all over the place. Well, a bird comes by and lands in, in the tree limbs, looks down at that old wild pig and says, don't you realize that you're killing the oak tree? And that old wild pig looks up at him and says, why do I care? As long as I have acorns. You see, wait a second. You can't kill the tree that's giving the acorns. Okay? You can't do that. That's just being a dummy. All right? We can't print money. We got to work for it. Okay? And listen, for those, those, look, I am a young man who has gone through this. I know there are people who need to be helped. Okay? I was helped as a child. I was helped as a child, and we have to work through that. There's certainly, we're a nation that can do that for our people, okay? But here's the thing. You do not, you do not send more than is needed, and you do not create a dependent class of people, okay? You do not do that. Now, if you're a socialist, then certainly you want to do that. But here's the problem. Socialism has never, ever worked. You say, well, look at these countries over here. No, no. You know, Sweden and Denmark, those places are free market economies. They're just liberal economies, and they don't have a lot of people, so they can sustain some of these these uh, welfare programs that they have. In our country, with you know 330 million people, whatever it is right now, I mean 330 million people, we have a situation where we're paying out so much money. We're printing money. You're not. We're not taking this money. It's like, oh, we're sending you. You know, we're you know we're sending this money out to you. It's been here. It's been in this little box, and we're going to send it out to you. No, 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 no. They're printing it, and I'm telling you, the dollar is going to collapse. And when it collapses, listen to me carefully. When it collapses, we're going to be in a world of hurt. But you know what they're going to blame? They're going to blame the oak tree. They're going to blame capitalism. Okay, they're going to blame capitalism. The only reason we even had money to begin with to send people was because of capitalism. It's the oak tree that makes the money. If people have incentive, listen to me, if people have incentive to go out and make more money and to and to do things and to be able to do things, I'm sorry. That's going to create growth and economy and all of those things like that. All we need to do is rein it in enough to stay at balanced at a balanced level and we can keep this for we can keep this forever. We can roll on helping as many people as possible. But we cannot get to the point what we're doing now where we're printing money. It ends in disaster, but they're going to blame capitalism. They're going to say, look, the only way this is going to work is to do socialism. I really don't get it, guys. I really don't get it because they know good and well, if they've studied any history, that it's never worked unless. Socialism has never worked unless, and, and by work, listen to me carefully, by work, I mean everybody is is uh, equally miserable. Okay, everybody is equally miserable. They don't have the same drive, the same incentive, the same the same freedoms. They don't have any of that stuff anymore. Everybody is equally miserable in socialism, okay? But the only way that works is to have your population at a certain level, okay? Then you can send them a certain amount of money, not more than that, just a certain amount of money. Listen to me. Even if everybody has the same thing, we would you know what we would do? You know what we would do? Because we were evil by nature unless we are born again, okay, even then we have evil tendencies at times. 
We are going to, even if you have everything everybody else has, there's going to be anger inside. We'll just go out and start busting stuff just to break the law, just to break the law. You're not going to be happy if everybody has the same thing. Nope, that never happens. Nobody, that's not, you know, I want to be happy. We want to be equal. Let me tell you something about freedom and equality, folks. Very, you listen to me carefully, okay? And I'm going to, I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to end on this. May go just a couple of minutes long, but, but, but listen to me. Here's, here's, here's something about freedom that you need to understand, all right? We're all born equal, no matter your race, gender. We're born equal. But if you're free, you don't stay equal. Oh, that's going to break somebody's heart. It's going gonna, it's gonna to absolutely break somebody's heart. There's, they're, they're, they're mad at me already. They're mad at me already. Listen, we always stay equal. Listen, your worth before God, oh, my goodness. Sure, to mama, to mama you might be, but to this world, you're not equal. There's nothing you can do about it. Why? Why? You can force me to be equal, but if you force me to be equal, then I'm not free. And if you give me freedom, I'm not going to stay equal because guess what? Guess what? I'm going to work a little harder than somebody else. All right? You're going to work a little harder than somebody else. You're going to study a little longer. You're going you're gonna to be out on the football field an hour after everybody else leaves, okay? You're going to be at the office a little longer. You're going to get up a little earlier. You're going to you're going to realize it's going to take a little bit more of this or a little bit more of that. While everybody else is doing something else, you are preparing yourself for your future. And that makes you unequal. Now, again, intrinsically, I'm, you know, there's an argument, of course, but extrinsically, I'm, everything that's outside of us, everything that's outside of us is, is unequal because we are created. We, we have the freedom to do that. And you ought to, you ought to be rewarded for, your, for, for where you are on that scale. You ought to be rewarded for that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what capitalism, that's what those things are. And it's one of those things. If you give me freedom, I'm not going to stay equal. Either I'm going to go down from the average person and stay where I am and need not blame, need not make excuses, need not do any of those things, need not do one single thing, not, not one of those things um, should I blame on the, out there. If I'm not going to get up on my own and rock and roll with the power of God and everything God can give me and just sit back and do nothing, I need not complain about everybody who's passing me by. And you need not go to the government and say, hey, make me equal to him or make me equal to her. Make it, make it, make them come down to my level. No, sir. No, sir. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. This is America. Freedom. Freedom. I'm thankful for our churches, folks. I'm thankful for the ability to, ability to worship and be in church every week. I'm thankful for the people that, uh, that, 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 that are in this church, this specific church that I, you know, Mountain View Baptist Church. I, I'm thankful for them. I'm so, so thankful for them. I love them so much. And over the six years that I've been here so far, I've learned to love them a great, great deal. I'm thankful for hard work. I don't look, look, last three months, we've been, you know, some folks out there that, uh, that, that, you know, I'm hoping have used these three months to get even stronger, to get ready, to get ready for what we have ahead of us and, and, and going to people and teaching them about Jesus and getting folks saved. And, and, uh, I'm telling you, church is about to get going. Like it ain't ever been boys. We're ready to rock and roll. I don't hate hard work for folks. That's how you get there. You know, Proverbs tells us, do you know a hardworking man? He will stand before Kings. 
And that's the same women. You know, hardworking woman, she will stand before kings. I, I'm, I'm telling you, I am telling you, folks, I'm not afraid of hard work. I'm thankful in America that we have hard work. I'm, I'm thankful for the price that has been paid. I am thankful for, uh, I am thankful for uh, every single thing that we have before. I'm thankful for dreams and opportunities. I'm thankful that, you know, some, uh, somebody who uh, was a no, so nobody to society. Now, not a nobody before God, but a nobody to society can come up and become something. I'm thankful we have those freedoms. Uh, I'm thankful for every part of those bill of rights that we were talking about earlier. I'm thankful for capitalism and all that it, you know, all that gives us. God's given us an amazing nation. I'm thankful for everybody who has fought for us. And here it is, John 15, verse 13. It says this, greater love hath no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. Praise the Lord. Thank you, all of the veterans out there who have given their life for us. I just, I just so, so thankful. I'm thankful for the United States of America, and I'm thankful for all it, it represents in Christ. Now, listen, listen to me. I am convinced that we can have the best days ever still ahead of us, but it's time now for all of us to stand up, re reach our hands up to heaven and say, God, we need you. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Listen, that's exactly what it is. If my people, if Christians will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I will heal their land. Oh, my goodness gracious. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the United States of America. See you guys later. Thank you for joining us for Veins of Gold, a podcast of Mountain View Baptist Church. For information about our church and ministries, please visit our website, mvbaptist.org.